will determine our ultimate trajectory. Whether we get wiped out by the financial shitstorm or not, what you do now will make a fucking difference. Now, I'm also thinking that some of you will never have seen anything like this before. This will be your first rodeo of really challenging economic times. Now, we've been breastfed off the teat of low interest rates and fair economic conditions for more than a decade now. And when that happens, we can become complacent. We can concentrate our business interests too narrowly or we leverage ourselves too much. These are the decisions that we think are minor enough decisions um, but then they come into sharp focus when the bright light of a worldwide economic crash is coming down the track at 100 miles an hour. So I want you to use my experience to help you at this time and I'm going to use the experience in my current business interests to help you think about what you can change and what you can do about yours. Now, my business interests are split in three in relation to the impact of coronavirus. Now, my spar stores, which are open and trading up uh, largely, but are really difficult to manage given the stresses that our amazing frontline staff are experiencing. Uh, Our subway stores and our virtual reality gaming business have all been shuttered and the staff are all furloughed and we're negotiating with landlords, etc., in those uh, and um, uh, and the one the part of my business which I want to talk about today to try and give you some um, tips on what you can actually do and evidence some of the things I'm doing to help you is the change venture capital business which um, sort of germinated about 18 months ago um, but which I've been working on full time with Andrew Cuthbert uh, absolutely flat out for the last 10 months pouring pretty much every ounce Um, of my life in that business outside of this podcast. Now, after 10 months of working day and night on that, we were due to launch in March, April um, of this year, following our registration with the Financial Conduct Authority and following a raise of a big chunk of our 10 million total fund size that we were looking to raise. That was our tech and science fund. We targeted 10 million and we're due just to have uh, got our FCA registration and we'd spoken to a number of people who were very interested in putting the money in and uh, that was all due to launch there in March and April. However, what happened? Well, before Christmas we were informed that our application for registration um, uh, under the UVECA, uh, it's a European passport, um, that it should it should go ahead pretty soon but they wanted to delay it just a little, it was going to delay it a little bit um, just because the UVECA is a European passport and they were just seeing how the vote etc would go with Brexit and how we think about UVECA, the passport, European passport being brought in within the FCA, all that anyway. But as I say, Brexit happened and things slowed down a little but we weren't that concerned as we understood that the FCA would be probably subsuming all of the European passported funds that were in UVECA um, into, directly into the FCA over time. So there's no panic. It was just going to be a short delay of a few weeks. And we were content enough with that because we were working away and the timing would still be good for our launch date. And we cracked on finding our investees that we'd strong interest from investors who loved the idea of the change in what we were doing. However, in January, on the horizon, the wet markets of Wuhan were brewing a new storm that would change everything for all of us. And what appeared to be a little delay because of the... Um, European or the vote on uh, Brexit and of little consequence became a full-blown catastrophe because it pushed us back into 2020 and back into the stuff that came out of the wet markets of Wuhan 
um, when the FCA's biggest concern was no longer integrating UVEC into the FCA post-Brexit, but about the, f- the actual survival of the world economic system as we've known it for the last 100 plus years. So, what can we do in the change? Surely we just have to wait uh, until the staff at the FCA have the bandwidth or reallocated back to their normal duties um, and just postpone the launch of our uh, fund until after that because, you know, the world's got bigger things to deal with than, than the change. Um, but when will that actually come? How long will it actually take for that to happen? How long will the economic landscape of the UK and the rest of the world be topsy-turvy? How long, even if we're over the immediate health impacts um, that coronavirus is unfortunately going to have, how long before the FCA can actually get back to normal duties? Perhaps the economic depression that comes after the health um, scare at the minute will be even greater than the lockdown period. Perhaps the FCA mightn't be back until 2021. And that applies to every single one of you listening to this podcast. You might think, look, you know what, I'm not going to take the action or any action at the minute. I'm going to treat this as a wee bit of a holiday and I've got a bit of extra time with the kids and it's all good. But what if this isn't just about the lockdown? What if you don't get back to work in May after the lockdown? Or what if you get back to May after the lockdown and there's a second wave of increased COVID-19 patients? What if... This goes on for 3, 6, 9, 12, 18 months. You cannot deal with um, just anticipating a short-term blip. You have to deal with a longer-term potential catastrophe or the possibility of that. And the great thing about it is, is you're in your house now and you have plenty of time to think about it. So not once did we say to ourselves, and there can't be any fucking pity parties either, by the way. If you're doing a fucking pity party... I'm coming right at you. I'm watching for you. Don't be having a pity party. So not once did we say, I can't believe what's happened to us. This is so unlucky. No, we got to work immediately. Now, that may be hard to believe. It will in part be dependent, and different people will deal with this differently, dependent on the stage of your journey, on your overheads, what you're already committed to, and your particular experience of dealing with problems that will determine how quickly you can pivot to a mindset of what can I do to recover from this situation. Now, I've talked before of a visual cue that I use uh, when I do one lengthy blink. I'm just doing one now. One lengthy blink to process the pain and then move on very quickly. And then sometimes I do one long fucking blink. And just process the pain. That probably takes about five seconds. Maybe one wee meditation session of about 20 minutes and I'm all ready to go again, almost no matter how painful the amount of shit is that's come down the track at me. And as I say, it may take you a few days to have your pity party. It may take you a few weeks, but the quicker you can fucking do it and get on with it, the better. And in the change, we immediately started analysing all of our investees to see if they were fit for a new COVID-19 or a new post-COVID-19 landscape or not even post-COVID-19, a new COVID-19 landscape. In fact, even before we analysed um, uh, whether they were fit, um, I, do you know what, I'll actually come to that later, that's for another episode, but we got straight down to analysing that anyway. And we analysed whether our investees could provide the answers the world needed in the months and years ahead. Would investors still think that these would be good investments? 
Do we still think that they're good investments? Do the founders have that grit to get them through this? Can they do a fucking blink and get through it? Or are they going to have a pity party for a month or two? Do we have the grit, myself and Andrew, to get through it? Because whether you're supplying services to other companies or leading your own, the only way you're going to get through this is together. Right? So are your employees, your managers, your leaders, your own bosses, um, your suppliers, your customers, your clients. You need to get through this together. And this is difficult And if you're not in it together, you're not going to get through it. So what's the strategy for all of that? Well, Andrew and I have a daily Zoom call. And we do that six days a week and we start at 7am. So it's a Zoom call, six days a week at 7am. And it lasts about one and a half hours. And we set the agenda for the rest of the day as the world starts to wake up. Now, some might say one and a half hours is too long for a meeting. But when you're covering so much and the events are moving so fast, um, one and a half hours is necessary, necessary. As we're discussing both tactics and strategy on each of those calls each and every day. And the agenda is fairly dense um, because we're reacting and trying to proactively get ahead of what's coming next. So if your team is all working from home, WFH, that's (laughs) the brand new. First when I saw that WFH, I didn't even know what the hell it was. But if all your team is working from home, are you starting your day at a fixed time? Are you starting your day together? If you're not and you're leaving a sort of a a Zoom call to some sort of random time or just when it's needed or when you're making a big fucking mistake, folks. Also, make sure you have total clarity and transparency during those calls about the difficulties and the opportunities ahead. Make sure you're having genuine discussion, not just doing a a, a box ticking exercise to say that you've had a meeting. So start it early, do it every day, cover all the important stuff and uh, let your team know that you're all in it together, okay? Now, that's all well and good, Gavin. I hear the voices saying from Dickhead Island, but you're meant to be a VC, and you haven't currently even got a fucking fund. You're not registered with the FCA. It's a bit like a taxi company without any fucking cars. Uh, Mind you, a taxi company without any cars does sound a little bit like the Uber model, if I say so myself. So, what are we going to do? We've got a business... And we can't have a business because we've been stopped in our tracks by... We've literally been totally stopped in our tracks by coronavirus. So what are we going to do? Well, capital is only part of our business model. And whilst it's an essential element to scale a business, sometimes scaling isn't the right thing to do at a time like this. So you've heard me talk about what we're... Where we're more venture catalyst than venture capitalist. Uh, Our model isn't built upon just a money play. No, we're bringing a a sort of a transformation agreement to each of our investees, which sits alongside our term sheet, whereby we identify the gaps in an investee's proposition. And until we get our registration, maybe that's what we've got to concentrate on. Concentrate on those gaps. We can, uh, what we can add to each startup um, we're working with, it's more of a sort of a portfolio management role for a period than a VC investing cash. So here's a type of thing that we can actually do in the change. Number one, we're working on their business plans with them. Number two, we're cutting out and identifying unnecessary costs. Number three, we're developing strategy with them. Number four, we're identifying grant opportunities and nailing applications. We've just had several applications have gone in yesterday for grant applications. Number five, we're creating an angel round of investment to keep things moving in the right direction. 
Number six, we're um, um, engaging in mentorship and personal development for those that need it. Number seven, we're attracting the right NED, as you would know it, or agent of change as we call them. And that can make a huge difference to the journey of each of our startups. So there's absolutely bucket loads of stuff that they can do. And you know what? Just at the minute, if some venture capital um, firms will be saying to their, their, their people or to their potential investees, now there's no money going out the door. Thanks very much. See you later. We're not saying that. We're saying this is basically a money-free world at the minute. What can we do to get you to a position whenever the, the, the money taps open back up? How can we help you? How can we develop you? How can we make you a better fucking proposition whenever things come back into place? How can we showcase that you're a great opportunity in a post-COVID-19 world? That's the type of thing that we're doing. Now, if if we really deliver on all of those for a few months and add real value to the companies that we're working with, we can deliver them through this and show what we can do without cash. And ultimately, what we do outside of cash is the element which we believe sets us apart from all of the other VCs who are often just accountants or even civil servants in Northern Ireland rather than actual entrepreneurs. Now, as part of our portfolio management, we actually have stakes in a number of the companies we're already working with and uh, we must prove ourselves now at this time. So, on your side of the fence, as it were, think about your clients. Maybe you're in marketing or you provide some type of service to your clients but can you share in the upside of a, of a project, even if there's no cash available um, to pay for it at the moment? Can you create a PPC or an SEO opportunity or do an introduction to a new contact? Can you develop a new service or give your client who's on your basic service, but provide them with your premium service for no additional cost and they'll benefit from that? Even if they haven't asked for it, don't wait for them to fucking ask for it. Don't wait for them to say, do you know what? I'm cancelling my monthly payment to you because I can't afford it at the minute. Get in there right fucking now and offer them the premium service for no additional cost um, at this time to show that you're supporting them. That might be the extra wee bit of support that they need. Can you go and work in their business? Has any of you thought about actually going and working in somebody's business? You can still do that virtually or develop a new strategy for them or offer them a new logo not do something like that? Or is there a niche element of their business that you always thought that they didn't pay enough attention to and now's the time to let them know about it as they struggle? I can tell you one thing for certain. If the only struggle you're focusing on is your own struggle, then you will not provide enough to the collective good. You will not add enough value to the world to get you through this. Your triumph will be in helping others get through. Don't look inwards. Look outwards. Now, it's easy to win. I always say this. It's easy to win when the going is good. You've got to be a wartime general at the minute. Do you want the good news? Do you want the good news? I'm going to give you more good news. There's fucking lots of good news out there. If you get your head out of your hole, I'm looking at the next 10 years as my horizon, not the next 10 weeks. And you should too. Look, this is the starting line of a 10-year run. Now, I've been expecting this for a while, some sort of crash, as we've had a bull uh, market, a bull run for for more than a decade now, and that's a long, long time to be on a bull run. Now, I've no idea it would end like this, but this is a beautiful time to build from when valuations are deflated and those that can add value with the power of their mind, with their ingenuity, have the greatest advantage. And if you're a big, hairy fucking walrus like me, 
you're going to have an amazing opportunity to showcase your talents. Now, if you're thinking this is the worst time to start a business, let me tell you it's the fucking best. The time when the value of everything has been levelled except for the value of your attitude, your application, the value of the three M's that has never been more valuable than it is today, the mindset, motivation and massive action. And if you've listened extensively to me on this pod, your fucking time has come. There's nothing to fear except fear itself. Time to show your fucking value to the rest of the world. I just want to address the entrepreneurs who sometimes get forgotten amongst all of this. And I know there's lots of entrepreneurs out there who listen because they have uh, to listen to a lot of shite talkers from those who troll people like me and who say to the entrepreneurs, you're working too hard. And they're saying, you shouldn't spend that much time in work. You should be with your family. Those false prophets who try to persuade you to compartmentalise your life into handy little segregated departments and tell you that nine to five is all that you should be putting in as a shift in work, that work is bad and private life is good. If you've been persuaded by that, by that nonsense, by getting a wake-up call as we are now, as no business will survive unless all their team is doing more than just dialing it in and you don't want to be surplus to requirements at the moment. And if you've been dialing it in for this last number of years, you'll only ever be a couple of paychecks away from disaster and you could well be in that place right now. And that's why you can never dial it in. We never know what's around the corner. Your company could go bankrupt. Your boss uh, might need his, a, his or her A-team players might be the only ones they can afford to keep. If you're a person who dials it in and says, there's my family life and there's my wee work life and I'm only ever giving that to my work life, this is the time when you are going to be susceptible to being left um, on the subs bench, folks. So this is a time when the entrepreneurs and the entrepreneurs who've had this PT for their PD to raise up and show um, what they can do and what they can deliver. Don't think of this as a hurdle. But think of it as a fucking opportunity. Your opportunity. This is where we start to get intense about delivery. It's no time for fucking about. In fact, in fact, in fact, in fact, in fact, in fact. I've just had a thought. I'm not going to... I'll tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to sing in these episodes until I see you all rise up and start to fight back. And that fight back doesn't start from the health... From the health emergency, when the health emergency is all over, as I've heard from several people uh, recently, no, the fight back starts right fucking now. Hit me up on my social, particularly on LinkedIn, where I'm hammering it at the minute, and let me know what you think. I'm happy to get involved and help folks. And don't forget, leave me a review if I'm adding value to your journey. If you think I'm like Moses leading the Hebrews out of Egypt, just like the five star review left by David Morton. Um, owner of Eagle Electro Platon, who titled his review uh, Thought Provoking. This was a five star review from David Morton. Thought Provoking, he says, another superb podcast by the ever inspiring Gavin. Thought Provoking, as always, his obvious self determination and never say die attitude is something we can all take inspiration from. Thoroughly enjoy every single podcast, some great tips and points to help push people's businesses forward. The choice is yours. I said, you know what? I should have actually ended it on that because um, he, he says my last line there. But anyway, listen to what David said because I'm going to come out the other end of this victorious. The question is whether you do. And that's your choice. I'm a man.